Welcome you to What's New. We move on today to Acts chapter 15, which deals with the council at Jerusalem. Now that the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas had been completed, and the churches which they had established in Galatian country are 100% Gentile, the church faces its first great crisis. In Judea, many of the Hebrew converts are Pharisees who have no intention of giving up the Mosaic system. They assert that the Gentiles must also come into the church through the Mosaic system. In fact, they believe that Gentiles are not saved unless they are circumcised. The news of this contention reaches the church in Jerusalem. The apostles must now face up to the question, what course is the church to take? So in Jerusalem, the first church council convenes to resolve the matter. Here now are the opening five verses of this 15th chapter, and Luke writes, While Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers that unless they adhere to the ancient Jewish custom of circumcision, they could not be saved. Paul and Barnabas argued and discussed this with them at length. And finally, the believers sent them to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local men, to talk to the apostles and elders there about this question. After the entire congregation had escorted them out of the city, the delegates went on their way to Jerusalem, stopping along the way in the cities of Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers, telling them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles, too, were beings converted. Arriving in Jerusalem, they met with the church leaders, all the apostles and elders were present, and Paul and Barnabas reported on what God had been doing through their ministry. But then, some of the men who had been Pharisees before their conversion stood to their feet and declared that all Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow all the Jewish customs and ceremonies.
the crux of the issue is not simply a question of whether a person should be circumcised or not. The question that the Council in Jerusalem must deal with is, must a person be required to keep any of the Jewish customs and ceremonies in order to be saved? Now, here to bring us our study is Pastor Henry Harder. It is a part of our humanness to have differences of opinions. This is not in itself evil. To be allowed to express our differences is a mark of freedom which most of us cherish highly. To be free to worship as we wish, to be free to think, to speak, to write, these are all precious freedoms to us. But what do we do with differences? That's when the problem emerges. When we emphasize the differences, they will separate us, and finally we narrow ourselves to our own opinions. We have then allowed differences to destroy us. On the other hand, differences can be turned to mutual advantage. They can be a learning and growing experience. The year was A.D. 49. The Church of Jesus Christ had barely begun, and already there surfaced serious differences. Paul and Barnabas had returned from their first missionary trip into Asia Minor and reported back to their sending church in Antioch on the Orontes that God had opened wide the door to the Gentiles and that large numbers had accepted the gospel and had been saved by God's grace through faith. The church at Antioch, mostly made up of Gentiles, was thrilled at the news. But there was another church made up of Christian Jews in Jerusalem who had some problems with what was happening. Understandably to them, Christianity was inexorably linked with Judaism. For the Jew to become a Christian has to become a completed Jew. Christianity was Judaism brought to completeness. That was true and is true. No person could therefore come to Christ independently of Judaism. That statement is not true. A Gentile must become a Jew before he could become a Christian, since Christianity was essentially a part of Judaism. That statement is not true. Just an aside here. While that was regrettable at the time that some Christian Jews felt that way, it is equally regrettable that since then Gentile Christians have sometimes insisted that a Jew had to become virtually a Gentile in order to become a Christian. Neither were or are true. To accept Jesus as Messiah did not make Jews less Jewish, and to accept Jesus as Savior did not make Gentiles less Gentile. But at this time there were Christian Jews in Judea who carried their new wine, their Christianity, in old wineskins, and they wanted to force the old wineskins upon the Gentile Christians. They felt Gentiles had to come by way of Judaism to Christ. On the other side were the Gentile Christians at Antioch. To them the fact that Christ was a Jew was incidental. To them the fact that Christianity has its roots in Judaism, in the seed of Abraham and David, in the laws, feasts and fasts, was incidental. Israel was simply the nation God chose through which to bring Jesus to our world. He could just as well have chosen the Hittites or the Arabs or the Egyptians. Israel was just the vehicle. Christ was God's gift to the whole world. A Gentile didn't have to become a Jew in order to become a Christian. Those were the differences.
They were legitimate differences, and they called for a meeting where they could be aired. That's always a wise move, to talk, to discuss. In this case, it was the Gentile church at Antioch who selected some men to travel the 300 miles south to Jerusalem and discuss the matter. Paul and Barnabas were commissioned to go, as were several others. Some Christian Jews from Judea had come to Antioch and insisted that the Gentiles, in order to be saved, had to be circumcised. They had not been sent by the Jerusalem church, but their teaching was disturbing to the Gentile converts there. So Paul, Barnabas, and several more make their way through Phoenicia and Samaria to Judea and Jerusalem. They are welcomed by the apostles and the elders, and they report to the church there that God had been doing something great through them. Then, as Luke reports it in Acts 15.5, some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. To these Christian Pharisees, circumcision and keeping the law was not just expedient for the Gentiles, it was required of them for salvation. Christianity should be modeled after the God-fearers, the Gentiles who had converted to Judaism. They were circumcised and were to be obedient to the law. So historically, when Gentiles chose to identify with Israel, circumcision was required of them. These Christian Pharisees transferred that over to the Christian Gentiles. They should similarly be required to be circumcised. That would keep Christianity effectively Jewish. What should the apostles say? Justification was always and only by faith in Christ, faith plus nothing. But what about sanctification? What about living the life of Christ? Shouldn't that be on the same basis by faith as well, not by law? Paul wrote to the Colossians, Just as you have received Jesus Christ, so continue to live in him. Paul made the point there. You receive him by faith and you live by faith. Circumcision or obedience to the law do not apply. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Here are the renewal singers to put that most important point to music. Simple faith like a child. Like a child. 
It's by faith that the mountains of life are removed, and by faith that you stand in the radio production of Creative Encounters or mailing address is Post Office Box 848 Chapter California 93263 USA